0: On this Sunday of Advent, the second Sunday of Advent, the text in the Hebrew Scriptures causes me to think about divine consolation. As we've been planning for a number of Advent-themed activities and programming for ministry events, we began um, planning for a number of things and got to our Advent Fest, and we were a little bereft of not being able to go down into the hall and craft our wreaths together and have that time with soup and grilled cheese sandwiches, and the program staff and I were planning and thinking through a virtual experience. We had a fabulous time Thursday night. I don't know if you were able to join us, but if you weren't, I'm sorry you missed it, but there is a video of the crafts that we created but the process of thinking through the virtual opportunity that we wanted to preserve the tradition of christ church we began thinking through our own traditions and it caused me to confess as did some others that we didn't grow up with advent we didn't grow up with that experience and so now looking back i am so extremely grateful that i now have an opportunity to celebrate advent and to be in a church environment and a community where it's important that we prepare our way into christmas and that we prepare the way for the christ child to come and be with and among us emmanuel and so i'm sure for some congregants the closing of houses of worship across the United States and the world due to the COVID-19 pandemic felt like temple destruction. Church buildings remained intact, but rituals and rhythms, religious habits and patterns were significantly altered and remain so for many. In a matter of days, the COVID-19 pandemic prompted faith leaders and communities to abandon brick and mortar and reconvene in virtual sanctuaries. In fact, when I began preparing for this Advent sermon, I didn't think we would be back here. And so we are. Across traditions, faith leaders reimagined and envisioned what it means to live without the physical assembly in the physical space. I mean, we are planning for a virtual Christmas pageant, for goodness sakes. Who would have thought it back at the Easter festival? Festival. Some of this reminds me of what the people of Judah must have pondered also. The disruption that was expected to be a few weeks or a month or so has stretched into eight months and counting. Something was lost in an instant, demolished by the prevalence of a lethal virus. Was it normalcy? Comfort? security, or the perception thereof. In the midst of it all, the call to joy remains. Yet even as we seek to keep our joy intact, we are called to remain vigilant. The Christ of God did not arrive in this world long ago to help people be a little nicer, to encourage a few weeks worth of charitable giving or beyond your commitment to your spiritual home or local soup kitchen or any other short-term local goal. No, the Christ of God came to make straight every crooked way, to right every wrong, to upend every injustice and to reconcile all things, all things to himself. As we prepare for Christ during this Advent season for Christmas and the coming of the Anointed One, I think about all the many ways we are needing or wanting God to show up for us, but not us alone, not simply for us, but daily we are praying for people around this nation, praying for people around the world, We are praying for circumstances that seem strained beyond belief or recognition. We are praying for there to be more signs of comfort in our world. Not having grown up with Advent has given me a special appreciation for its meaning in my life and faith now. Yes, I grew up in the church, but not a liturgical church. I didn't grow up with the advent wreath, and the lighting of candles. I didn't go to church and hear the preached word explicate the themes of hope, love, joy, and peace during this season, or not in any particular order. Themes which we need to hear now more than ever. The prophet speaking on behalf of God in this time speaks words of both comfort and joy to the people of Israel. Isaiah is engaged in a dialogue that juxtaposes the exile experienced by many with the coming deliverance hoped for by all. The prophet says, I know you have seen some problems, experienced some challenges, even gone through trials in your life and asked the question, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up, do not fear. Say to the critics of Judah, here is your God. No one can hardly imagine their misery or their agony and their temple destroyed, I'll bet. The prophet lets us know that God wants to comfort us in the same way God comforted them. This God is not weak, powerless, and ineffectual. No, contrary to the terrible reign of Babylonian power, this God here in Isaiah chapter 40 is at work in human history, showing redemption and graciousness in forgiveness. Even in this poetic fashion, they know this is a powerful Lord, able to bring relief to their condition, and that yes, this virus has visited upon many individuals and families alike, loss of employment, loss of food security, loss of life, loss of housing, loss of regular functioning, even the loss of faith. We have such a tremendous need for God's comfort and grace right now. This means that even though we want our holiday season to be filled with joy, it comes to us with a little pain. It means that even though we desire to be in the presence of the Lord, we have to be prepared to give of our best, which means God has to prepare us for kingdom work and God's will. Yes, in this prophecy today, the text recounts the exile of the people of Judah and serves as a foretelling of Christ's coming. Here is Isaiah sounding the clarion alarm for Israel. In their hopefulness, God says to a fragile and the broken spirits of the people, there is a highway of salvation. Through this prophet and the metaphoric highway that's being told, better days are ahead. The road ahead will not be like what you've been through. This path will be better traversed because it will yield smoother passage a flat plain, and a redemptive proclamation of God's protection. As one Hebrew Bible scholar notes, surely the church needs to hear these ancient words again and again to be reassured that the God in whom we trust does indeed honor promises and covenants. Yes. Yes. We need that reminder and that God. We need to know that that God has not forgotten about us. It was a different time, pre-coronavirus pandemic, and yet the scholar's words ring true even today. He goes on to note, as the church wonders about its future, the shape of its life together, what its worship practices will be, and the nature of its witness, It experiences a high degree of confusion and discomfort about itself. The church takes solace in its traditions, particularly during this time of year when we speak to one another in the timeless language of divine consolation. Yes, this is a time for celebration, yet Advent also is a season of contemplation. It is a holy season A time for us to get right with God, whatever that means in our own personal lives. Lord, send us your all-consoling grace, we say. We may want the Lord to come quickly, but are we ready for his appearance? It is time to cry aloud, send now your comfort, O Lord. Send now your comfort, O Lord. With the record-breaking number of deaths we've heard reported in this past week due to the coronavirus and the record-breaking number of infections, we are bracing for a grim winter and Christmas season ahead. I heard one news anchor state this past week, America is at its breaking point. We have run out of words to adequately describe just how much suffering is taking place in our country as the coronavirus rages through our communities, fills our hospitals to capacity, drains our frontline healthcare workers, and takes us, takes from us about as many lives in one day as on September 11th, and that was on Wednesday of this past week, or the attacks on Pearl Harbor. We must be careful what we pray for, for some blessings come with a little discomfort The Lord in many ways is saying to us what was said to those who'd been held in Babylonian captivity. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This means that we have a caring God, a generous God, a loving God. And at this time, we need to remember that God's comfort is near and God's comfort is here. My grandmother had a saying, God is an on-time God. In her words, which would no in no way reflect my woman's sensibilities, she would say he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. This is not about which suffering has greater import. There is no contest between suffering All of our issues and stressors are worthy of God's comfort. Whether on a national scale or personal level, God is sending into the world one who will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather his lambs in his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. The prophecy comes to assuage our fears. The prophecy comes to comfort ye the people. To those long-term survivors of COVID, the comforter is coming. To those whose jobs ended due to COVID-19, the comforter is coming. To those elders who live in residential communities long-term afraid and lonely, the comforter is coming. To the incarcerated in parts of our country, taxed with the removal of dead bodies, the comforter is coming the house of prayer for all people will continue to provide direction for the way by pointing seekers and those being saved alike to jesus the savior is on the way divine consolation is in our midst